You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view on mainland China from Andrew Collier, Managing Director at Orient Capital Research. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. So I think the most obvious place to start was the uh, inflation numbers that came out over the weekend, CPI showing a little bit of an increase, PPI still negative. How should we read into those numbers? Well, obviously, if, if there's a reversal of the concerns about infl- deflation, then that's positive for the Chinese economy. Um, I'm skeptical at this point because, first of all, it's a very short-lived trend. It's just August data. And second of all, there was a lot of service uh, expenditure in that number uh, because people were traveling and taking air flights and so forth that would affect it. And there's some question in my mind of whether that's going to continue into September. Uh, And the last point is the structural issues in China, which uh, they can't. They can. We can skip around a little bit on the monthly data, but overall, there's some severe structural problems that uh, Beijing's going to have difficulty overcoming. And do we look for solely at the CPI and say, okay, well, that's zero point one percent up, so therefore, okay, there's some inflation coming back in? But surely the PPI is quite a key number too, because if that's still showing deflationary pre- uh, pressures, that's going to trickle into the economy too, wouldn't it? Yes, uh, that's very concerning, particularly since the PPI um, is heavily in the industrial sector, which is state-owned. And while the state-owned sector can't control prices as much as they can control output, they still, um, I think some of those prices are state-controlled. So there's, there was, uh, if there's a continued decline in the PPI, that is a, certainly um, a source of concern. You mentioned earlier that there are structural issues. So what structural reforms are needed and will China do that? Well, I keep seeing these statements from the investment banks in Hong Kong saying that China has to come and help the property sector, which I think is crazy because their their problems are basically derived from too much investment in the property sector. And the Beijing, uh, Xi Jinping and the leadership has shown no interest in trying to turn that around because they know it's throwing good money after bad. Um, and I noticed that there is this sort of weak need attempt by the government to cut mortgage rates by, I think, a quarter of a percentage point, something like that, um, to in order to try to juice up demand for property in China. And meanwhile, they cut; they're cutting deposit rates uh, in order to preserve bank margins because they're very concerned about the banking system. You know, state-owned banks are the backbone of the entire economy, and but that just means you're weakening consumer expenditure because if you're getting less money to have your money in the bank. Then uh, and you don't have a lot of other places to put it, like the stock market, which is a casino, and the property sector, which is in bad shape, then you're basically cutting your nose to spite your face. So you're you're structurally exacerbating the problems of overinvestment in property while defunding the consumer side, which is what they claim they want to be increasing. So the whole thing is not very logical. And then I mean, you talk about the consumer side, but we'll, again, I'm, we're looking from afar from Hong Kong and you're seeing unemployment, you know, especially on the youth levels, really high levels. You're seeing exports uh, coming down. You were seeing um, a lot of industries which have struggled. Um, so 
surely it's getting the industries up and running more than just saying, let's just try and get consumers to spend. Because if you start getting people back in jobs and the industry is going, people are going to feel a little bit more confident and they'll spend a bit more. Is, is that not, am I looking at this in the wrong way or something? Or is, well, you know. I agree with you. I mean, there's an overemphasis on the idea of structural adjustment to consumers, um, when in fact, one of the biggest problems that I think you're alluding to is there's too much money going into the industrial sector that's inefficient. I mean, the return on uh, capital for SOEs are, are in the single digits, barely above uh, break even. And a lot of money's continued being thrown at them, particularly with the uh, the de uh, deleveraging. In other words, they're, they're restricting capital to the overall in, uh, economy, which means whatever capital is left tends to go to the state structure. So yes, there should be some structural adjustment and, and make capital go to more profitable areas. But as we saw with the tech crackdown uh, two years ago, uh, three years ago, uh, you know the government is not terribly concerned with the private sector. Um, even though they, they claim that they are, but I don't see any capital flowing to the private sector that would be beneficial. So that creation of the new bureau to focus on the private companies, do you think that's just there to show face or is that something maybe going forward they will start focusing on private sector again? I mean, when you take well, last... Sorry, it's, I mean, it, all, it all comes down to money. I mean, you know, you tell the banks to lend to the some small businesses or you tell them to lend to a, a big OSOE that's cranking out steel that nobody needs. And I don't think that a, a new bureau is going to have the power to do that. I mean, wh who's got the power to tell the big SOEs that basically they're no longer needed? I mean, that, that would be a huge uh, attack on the entire back structure of the Chinese economy. So I don't see that happening. Uh, you could tweak on the margins and try to make some force the banks to throw out some loans to small businesses. But they've tried that before. And when I talk to my friends in the banks in China, they basically say that a lot of times they will take a large company and break it up into pieces and call them small businesses. But, you know, you saw last week with Huawei or SMI and SMIC coming up with a chip that's actually very competitive. So it does show that if you leave these private companies to their own devices, they can actually create uh, something quite you know, significant from a global scale. So does that not become a win for them and something that they can throw to the government and say, well, you know, this is what we can do and become competitive again? Well, there's some debate about the Huawei chip on the phone, because from what I hear, that's a software workaround that doesn't have much legs to it. And it could be that some of the IP in there was actually leftover uh, chips that they got from the West. But the, the details are still a little scant. Um, but overall, yes, I agree. I mean, one of the most dynamic parts of the Chinese economy with huge employment was the uh, was the Uber, you know, Didi, Kuecha, and um, Alibaba, and the rest of it employed millions of drivers. Uh, sure, they were exploited. Uh, sure, you could do better with the wage levels and so forth and, and medical care. But on the other hand, there was lots of employment, and yet the government in, in insisted on cutting them back down to size. So I, I'm not terribly hopeful. The, what I'm looking at realistically is how the government handles the structural adjustment of debt. Who gets hit with the debt? Uh, as, the, as the property bubble collapses, are they going to be little banks? Are they going to be local governments? Uh, you know, who's really going to get stuck holding the, the bad hand in the, in the cards? Okay, and I've got about 20 seconds left. So what should view, uh, our listeners be uh, looking out for this week then? Well, I mean, I don't know what data is coming out this week, to be honest, but I'm always looking for new loans, new lending, which are at all-time lows since the financial crisis. 
and um, any other indications that the government's got a plan for the future, which I'm yet to see. All right. Well, that's all we do have time for. So thank you very much for coming on. That was Andrew Collier, Managing Director at Orient Capital Research.